What is the biggest mistake that the Cowboys have made in the last decade? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked, locked On. Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that self-journey uh, and self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. We are answering more of your Twitter questions today. First one up, Landon. Uh, this one from Mike. He wants to know, what is the biggest mistake that the Cowboys have made over the last decade? So this is an interesting question because you and I were actually discussing before the show Biggest is is a subjective term, right? It's it's like what's the most boneheaded, stupid mistake, and what's the most consequential mistake? Because I think that those are kind of those are in conflict with each other. At least when we come up with our our each individual answers, I think to me, I, I'm kind of banting about a couple different things. But I think one of the ones that seems top to me is you, you can easily go with some of the bad contract choices. I'm sure you'll go over a couple of them. Uh, Jalen Smith is, is, is signing is, is comes to mind. Um, but I think to me, the one that may be the most consequential is waiting that extra year to sign Dak Prescott. Like I think if they had signed Dak Prescott a year earlier and given to his kind of demands a little bit earlier, they would have gotten a better deal that may have opened things up for them to have a little bit more space last season um, mm -hmm. to kind of do a little bit more. Um, and I just think as far as like consequence, like that cost them, it, 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 it really did kind of screw up a lot of their leverage with Dak in general, even for this contract, honestly. Um, and it also kind of screwed up, you know, it didn't screw up the cap, but it definitely made operating things a little, a little bit tighter. Harder. Maybe, maybe you don't cut, uh, Amari Cooper, like, or don't feel the need to cut Amari Cooper um, as much if, if you work out a deal and you can have a little bit more wiggle room. I just think, you know, to me, the biggest mistake has to do with like the most amount of consequence. And even though it wasn't so much boneheaded as like maybe some of the other contracts will talk about it, the consequence of not getting it done in a timely manner may have a heavier effect than yes. some of the other ones. We'll, we'll talk about some other draft the, stuff too, because I do the, think there's, there's a couple there. Too. The hard part about that one is I just don't know how motivated Dak was to sign a contract like in 2019, right? Because, I mean, we could say, hey, they should have signed him to a $35 million deal. Mm -hmm. I think Dak kind of knew like the longer that he waited, no matter what happened, he was going to get more money. So I agree with you. I think that's that's a huge one. Uh, but I don't think they're all to blame. Yeah, that that's one. and that's that's the thing, right? I think that's what I guess I mean by boneheaded versus consequential. It's like they didn't they didn't like fumble the ball. It's just no, because they, they still got it done, of, right? They, yeah, because they still got it done, and they were kind of put into a situation that they couldn't seem to work themselves out of, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are other like self own goals, I guess, that you could call that maybe aren't as uh, detrimental, 
but yes. are still more embarrassing. And I think we can yes. talk about a couple of those. Uh, I've got two. Uh, yeah. The first one to me is fairly obvious. It's the Ezekiel Elliott contract extension in 2019, not the draft pick back in 2016. Although, I mean, there's a lot of people that disagree with that at the time. There's no doubt that you got an awesome, awesome player in 2016, 17, and 18, yeah. right? An yeah. all-pro caliber running back. Yeah. It's the draft, right? If, if you can tell me that you're getting that caliber of player for the first three years of his career, I'm not going to really criticize that pick. It's the contract extension coming off all of those touches. You already started to see him decline a little tiny bit at the end of the 2018 season. You In 2019, the Cowboys still had the final year of his rookie contract, the fifth-year option, and two franchise tags available to them at Ezekiel Elliott. They could have just kind of slow played it and moved on from him or they've been after the 20, 2019, 2020 after the 2022 season, which exactly where we are without giving him a ton of money. Uh, instead, I feel like they, they panicked a little bit. They caved into Zeke's wishes and made him the highest paid running back in the league. And it's going to cost Dallas a lot this year on the cap. And then next year on the cap as well. Zeke's agent played the timing of that whole situation. Perfectly. Yes. Um, and, and that's so that they can get the optimal amount of leverage. And, you know, I, I think I could make an argument that it wasn't as boneheaded as um, I'm using boneheaded like that's a term now uh, that, that it wasn't as as kind of just ill advised as it's easy to say now. Right. Like yeah. I, I, look, I will not argue with the idea of it potentially being a bad situation to sign a, a second contract to a running back. Like I, yep. that's, that's kind of been well-torn argument, well-treaded. I don't, we don't need to get into that. I, I will say that the Cowboys must have felt with their backs to the wall with that whole situation because they didn't really make any plans for Zeke not to be there. I think they kind of got caught off guard a little bit by Zeke suddenly not showing up to camp. Um, and they, you're right. I think that there has been times, there have been times when the Cowboys have been put in situations where they have, they have no leverage or they have their, um, negotiation, negotiating on their, on their other foot, right? Like they're they're not, they don't have good footing and they panic and they, and they make deals that, uh, that are, they had the leverage of that one. Like Zeke, Zeke wasn't going to hold out for an entire season, right? Like, I know, but. I, 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 you made this point too, and I, and I, I understand what you're saying. Like that, 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 that he doesn't, that he didn't have, that they could have just held out, they could have just waited, and that you know, what happens if they win all three games? And, and I, I do, and I, I don't, I do think you're right, and I'm not arguing against that, but I will I counter that by saying these are also the same people who were ahead of the Cowboys when they tried that same uh, technique with uh, Emmett Smith, and they went zero and three. And then they really lost all their leverage, and then they had to sign Emmett to his deal. It, that ended up working out fine because they won the Super Bowl and all that stuff. But as far as like that negotiation yeah. tactic, they've already done that and you know completely lost it all. So I can understand why they didn't do that, but it doesn't make their poor decision, yeah. I guess, any better. Yeah, that was just one where you, you just know the history of these running backs and with how many touches Zeke had, not only in yeah. the first three years of his career, but also college. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of, to give somebody that much guaranteed money four to five years down the road when you just have no idea what his body is going to look like. Um, that That's that's a tough one. I've got one more. Yeah. It actually is over the course of, I think, three or four years I want to talk about uh, next. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so that you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online, designed to be convenient, it's flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for any reason for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen of the day. We want to let you know that on Friday, we're going to be breaking down the Cowboys schedule. Uh, we're going to get some news about who they played week one, uh, who they play on Thanksgiving, which I think by default, it has to be the Patriots. Now that the Jets are playing on Black Friday. I was trying to figure it out, like if it could be anyone but the Patriots, and I'm not seeing how it could be. Honestly. Well, I, I, because of this weird CBS Fox thing where it's not yeah. you tied to a conference, it might be a little bit different, but. I got to assume that's who they're going to be playing. So we'll break it down on Friday. Make sure you guys tune in for that. Uh, One other mistake that I want your thoughts on. To me, it's how they mismanaged the wide receiver position starting in 2017, kind of all the way up until 2020, I guess 2019. So just to recap, right? 2017, Des Bryant is kind of starting to break down. Although you saw moments, right? And there just wasn't, a number two, a reliable number two on the roster. It was Cole Beasley out of the slot. Terrence Williams had kind of played himself, you know, out of a bigger role, right? So you go into the 2018 offseason, you cut Dez, you bring back uh, you bring back Terrence Williams, you bring back Cole Beasley, and the only move that you really made was they think they signed Deontay Thompson that offseason, right? And that, because they weren't more aggressive that offseason, either drafting like Calvin Ridley or DJ Moore in round one, they ended up having to make this panic trade for Amari Cooper and Amari played so well. And then they decided not to give him a contract extension right after that season. He has another really good season in 2019. And all of a sudden he hits the open market and Washington offers him a bunch of money. The Cowboys are forced to match it two year, two years later. They're trying to get out, out of that contract because it is so much money. I think it all starts with that 2018 off season by believing that, they could have Cole Beasley and Deontay Thompson and Alan Hearns, and that was good enough. But I also think 100% all that is ridiculous and, and wrong. But I also think that there look look at how much there was that could go wrong. Like you, yeah. you even suggested, right, drafting Calvin Ridley, right? Like let's play that out a little bit. First of all, you hated Calvin Ridley. I, coming it's true. I wanted so to I know more. you weren't advocating for drafting <laughs> yes. Calvin Ridley when that happened. Yes. Second of all, Calvin Ridley obviously had some off-field stuff that happened. Who knows if that would have still happened if he went to the Cowboys. But my, but the point is, is that, yes, the Cowboys wide receiver management has been a disaster field, even when it was good at times, right? I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's a lot of kind of terrible situations that the Cowboys continually fell into. Even the Amari Cooper situation, right? Like, they traded for him. They got a great player. They, uh, they, they got, they got production out of him. 
the worm clearly turned at some point after what you mentioned, the Washington uh, money, the, the matching they had to do, uh, the money became kind of, uh, you know, not so worth it. Uh, they draft CD Lamb. They they get they look. They get this. Uh, the the they finally get some good news, right? Yes, like, that's, uh, they, they like not lucked out because that's the wrong word. They 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 drafted but, the player, but, but luck they, is a part of this. They, yes, like you can't yes. deny that luck is a huge. And that's I guess what my point is is that there's some bad luck that happened with a lot of this stuff. Um, and and I think that that you know part a lot of it is definitely uh, uh, the fault of inaction, right? Like the 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 lack of of clear plan and 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 motivation i guess the other side i'm going to argue and not argue but just suggest is that even if they had a clear plan all of the clear plans that we've suggested have incredible ha- would have had incredible pitfalls as well so I, I think the cowboys got themselves into a situation where by the time des bryant was ready to retire what they didn't consider is that all three of their starting yeah. wide receivers needed to go like, you yeah. know, Cole Beasley had fallen off a cliff. Terrence Williams had really fallen off a cliff. Yeah. Uh, and Dez was not the guy that could make those other two worthwhile anymore. So I think you basically lost the last bit of wide receiver talent that you had overnight after the two, what, the 2017 season? I'm, I'm getting Yeah, it was 2017. Name. Yeah, because they went into 2018. Again, they had a chance to draft either DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley. Obviously, you mentioned – my thoughts on Ridley, but um, I, they should have been more aggressive. And from the rumors, sure. they were, right? Like they literally like Sammy Watkins and Allen Robinson, but they didn't want to pay. I, I don't even remember the number at the time. Was it 15 or 16 million for one of those two receivers? It was Watkins, I think, that they, that they were talking about. Yeah, I think it was. Well, I mean, those guys were both yeah. the free agent ones. And yeah. I listen, I get not wanting to pay Sammy Watkins, and that was a good move. That was. The problem was that couldn't – striking out at Sammy Watkins didn't mean that you couldn't make any other move at receiver. You needed to go do something yeah. else. And I honestly, it almost cost them the 2018 season. They were so bad in the first two months of the season because their wide receivers were awful to the point where I was wondering if it was ruining Dak, right? Dak just did not play well until they got Amari. And then things kind of turned the corner. Um, And still, I still think they're feeling some of the effects of that, right? Like Uh, now Amari Cooper's not here. They they overpaid Michael Gallup coming off an injury. We still don't know what their wide receiver core is going to be like this year, and it's super expensive. Yeah, and I guess you know the thing that I would throw in there, right, is that you know the Cowboys. One of the things that we haven't really ever taken the, the time to step back, and we're, we're still working on one question for God's sake. One thing that we haven't we haven't really taken the time to step back is the downside to. Uh, kind of being forced into a team rebuild before we were ready, right? Like, think think about the order of how these events happen, right? We were trying to get one more year out of Roma, right? When that, Mm -hmm. when he hit the turf in in Seattle, I mean, in my mind, it was game over. Like the 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 team was gonna have to rebuild. It was gonna have to, you know, start. You look at another four and twelve season, right? You just drafted a running back fourth overall. Like to to kind of buoy and facilitate this team that you have in place, right? Suddenly you you hit on Dak Prescott, and we got so caught up in how exciting that was that we got Dak that we didn't take the time to realize this team is was not in a good place no. to reconfigure itself for a new quarterback. Well, they tried remember, to like make the year before, yeah, the year before yeah, that they were literally they were four and twelve, but they went one was it one and eleven without Tony Romo that season. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, 
So I think, you know, it shows you that that I think is something that we haven't really examined, you know, just like in a, in a, you know, a a postmortem for all of this, right. Is that the Cowboys were put into a situation where they were putting their pedal to the metal to try to, you know, finish a Super Bowl run with Tony Romo. Suddenly you take out the main piece, you swap it out with a young quarterback and you have this incredibly mismatched team of Mm -hmm. veteran offensive talent that's that's ready to go not ready for, for learning with the new quarterback uh and, and a young quarterback and and the kind of recycling of all those pieces it ended up taking the cowboys a lot longer than it should have because they had spent so long kind of meticulously building up a receiver core for tony romo i was gonna say yes and then they had romo, to over these guys didn't fit dak right no like, I, yeah exactly des bryant one of my favorite players of all time i mean i absolutely yeah. love him just not a fit with dak right? like just no. And this happens, right? Like you can have really good players that just don't fit together. I think Cole Beasley was an okay fit. Terrence Williams was a horrendous fit with Dak. It was a receiving core that just didn't match up well with his strengths. And that's why you saw like somebody like Bryce Butler come in and have some success with Dak. Like that was a receiver that meshed better with him. But I think you're right. This team was not built for Dak early on in his career. And it just took a really long time to – instead of blow it up and rebuild to kind of slow reload, which is what this has been going on. And frankly, that's honestly what happened to Tony when he became the quarterback, right? Is that it was a shock when, when we suddenly found Tony Romo and the Cowboys weren't necessarily, it's, you know, it wasn't like the team building idea of let's get all these pieces in place, then draft a rookie quarterback. Now you've got four five years of rookie quarterback deal with a great team in place. The Cowboys haven't ever gotten that opportunity because the Cowboys haven't drafted a first-round starter quarterback in since Steve Walsh. Since Troy Aikman? Like, so, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, actually, same year, Steve Walsh and Troy yeah, Aikman. Yeah, exactly, two of them, right? <laughs> so they got it all out of the way. They did it That's one right. They just, uh, they, they look, we're going to do two now and just not worry about it later. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do one more question when we get back. All right, this one from uh, at FFB Garage. He wants to know: Will the Cowboys run the ball more this season? Uh, Mike McCarthy has said some stuff in press conference about wanting to establish the run. Uh, Landon, what are your thoughts? What What did I tell you when you said that? But uh, Mike McCarthy said he wanted to run the ball more. Yeah, I don't believe anything Mike McCarthy says. I think I said something to the extent of Mike McCarthy says a lot of things. He does, you know, and and I think that's that's kind of the answer here is, you know, and I think you've pointed it out. Lots of people point out. Certainly, the Green Bay Packer faithful have pointed it out. Uh, they've heard this song before, <laughs> and uh, and 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 then um, they wanted they wanted Mike McCarthy to run the football more, uh, and he wouldn't. He wouldn't. So he's not uh, going to. T- I mean, they're going to run the ball sub but yeah he's a west coast guy guys like he's like he's old school west coast offense his idea of running the football is a short pass to the running back in a flat you know (laughs) like like that's that's they will definitely run the football and and it may be on pace similar to what they did last year i would have a very hard well i'd have a hard time believing that they will run the football more than they did last year that that would be surprising and here's the thing because i Listen, fantasy football Twitter is ridiculous sometimes, and I love you guys, but oh, you guys yeah? are awful. <laughs> um, they're looking at like the Cowboys' rushing attempts per game last year, and I think they were tenth, right? And I think that was the highest of Mike Mar- Mike McCarthy's career. But they're missing so much context in there. Let's let's give you yeah. some. 
the Cowboys were without their starting quarterback for six games last year, right? Mm -hmm. They had a backup quarterback who they really wanted to hide. So the best way they did to do that was to run the ball and lean on your defense, right? So again, you throw out those six games and you look at Dak and the other 11 games, their pass run rate was, I I mean, they, they were one of the more pass happy teams in the league, right? On top of that, when Dak came back early in the season, they really tried to limit his number of passing attempts because he was playing with yep. a broken thumb, right? That's they right. didn't want him to throw the ball a ton. Right. On top of that, there was like five games where the Cowboys had 20-point leads in the fourth quarter, That's and right. there was just no reason to throw the ball, so they just ran the crap out of the ball. They are going to, they are not going to run the ball at a, a, a much, much higher rate than they did last year. It's just unless – Listen, unless they're blowing teams out all the time, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I look, and I also think that we have to remember that Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator. And I, th- I think that running the football a lot is part of Kellen Moore's identity is more than it is Mike McCarthy's. Uh, think about where Kellen Moore came from, you know, like Boise State from Scott Linehan. Like, you know, they want to run the football and then run you know run play action that's that's you know that's very much part of the Coriel system and 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 the the kind of mix and match of what of what his identity is so i don't you know i, I think all the points you made plus the fact that it, kellen moore was the offensive coordinator all points to the fact that we can't we can't just extrapolate out what happened last season without no, any context no. to what what it was um and i think historical precedent on what mike mccarthy likes to call is probably a better indicator yes. of what he's going to call as opposed to a small sample size that has incredible amount of context that you just played out. So, uh, yeah, again, Mike McCarthy says a lot of things. And, and frankly, I'm okay with it. Like, you know, I, I would rather throw have... so much chum out there there just get people talking, right? Like, think about the offensive line comment that he made a couple of years yep. ago. Oh, this isn't fantasy yep. football about moving offensive yep. linemen around. And what do we do? We see Zach Martin playing right tackle like two games later. We see Tyron Smith moving from left tackle to right tackle. We hear Terrence Steele maybe moving to left guard. Like he's just going to say stuff. Just ignore it. Yeah. Who cares? Like, I don't, it, honestly, if he's lying just to throw people off, great. I don't care. That sounds, that, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yes. Throw people off the scent, the trail. It's just, it, it's, it's like the draft stuff. Like, honestly, like I would rather be part of the fooled. And then be happy with the results the Cowboys yeah. got what they want because they didn't tip their hand then exactly. for the Cowboys plans to be broadcast out to everybody in the world. So uh, I'm okay with McCarthy saying what he wants and then doing what he wants later yeah. separately of that. I also saw some people concerned like the Cowboys, their their pace of play is going to be way down with McCarthy wanting to run the ball more. Uh, Mike McCarthy, during his time in Green Bay, they averaged mm-hmm. 64 and a half plays per game. Do you know how many – Plays per game, the Cowboys averaged last year with Kellen Moore, 64.7 plays per game. I mean, it's just not- just think back to what Aaron Rodgers was doing, guys. Like, do you guys not remember what how Aaron Rodgers played? Like, they were just – they're constantly running up to the uh, to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it's I, – I, I think let's, – let's let it play out. But historical precedent probably is a better indicator of what's going to happen than, again, a small sample well, size with had a lot of context. I think people are so worried about – going from Kellen Moore to Brian Schottenheimer, who has always been a more run-heavy offensive coordinator, but Schottenheimer's not calling the plays, right? Yeah. Like, he's going to help design the run game stuff, but he's not going to be the one calling the plays. And we just kind of know, like, Mike McCarthy defaults to 
let's throw the crap out of the ball, right? Especially if you've got all these receivers and a good quarterback, why would you not? Brian's the offensive coordinator. Marty is not the head coach here, guys. So yeah. we don't we don't need to worry about that. I, I think, you know, look, Schottenheimer's job is to organize the offense, you know, kind of create some plays. But as far as whether we're running or throwing the football on first down, that's Mike McCarthy's call. Yes. Yes, it's going to be just fine. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every single day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Go check out Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.